You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Oh, that's me. That's correct. I'm here. I am ready to answer your wedding planning Q&A because there are just so many of them. I had some interview episodes to upload and then, gee whiz, I took a look at the inbox there are a lot of bride chillers and groom chillers that need answers to their questions. And I was like, hold up, let's do another couple of Q&A episodes. And I know that you like listening to other people's problems and questions. Because I know sometimes when you are going through something, whether it be wedding planning or some other sort of blip in your life, that you can hear that other people are having similar experiences or worse times than you and you feel better. I'm Alicia, the host of Bride Chiller. I am an Aussie who lives in London currently, who loves talking about weddings and who's currently feeling a little hungover after only three drinks because I've become a lightweight. And I wear my lightweightedness with a badge of honour, I must say. I am now in my mid to late 30s and things are just not as easy as they used to be when you mix your drinks. Anyway, not here to complain, here to answer your questions. But if there is some weird sighing like that in the uh, the background, you'll just know it's just me getting over the hangover. It's not a severe hangover. It's just dusty. And I just don't feel as good as I should. If you're new to the show, this is the show. No, if you're new to the show, there are now over 400 episodes of the Bride Chiller podcast in the back catalogue. So I don't want people to get overwhelmed. I know some people write to me and go, Alicia, I don't know where to start. There's so many of them. I find it overwhelming. And that is the last thing I want you to feel when you find the world of Bride Chiller. It's the opposite of what I want you to feel. So I just say, scan through all of the topics, pick things that are suitable and relevant to you at whatever stage you might be at, or go back to the beginning and pick and choose whatever floats your boat. But the last thing I want you to feel is overwhelmed by the number of episodes because that's silly and you've got other things to worry about, hopefully not wedding related. All right. Who is up first? Hey, Alicia. My name is Stephanie and I'm from the greater Toronto area in Canada. I would love to hear any and all ideas you might have for how to propose <laughs> to a uh, long distance friend to ask her to be um, a bridesmaid. So I have four girls all together, including my maid of honor. I've asked the other three who are all local to me, but I spent some time uh, out west in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, um, and met some wonderful people out there. And uh, I keep in touch with this girl, and we just really hit it off. We really clicked, and I really want her to be part of my special day. And uh, But whereas the other ones, I was hemming and hawing on whether to do like a bridesmaid proposal box, which I did end up doing for my maid of honor, my sister. I got down on one knee and everything. Um, but the other ones was just a simple ask. And so with this girl... I do have a great relationship with her, but it would be out of the ordinary to call her up or to just randomly ask for a Skype date kind of thing. And uh, I just feel it would be really impersonal to do um, over text or something like that. So I don't know, maybe a card, a little gift. Um, yeah, you're, you're great at brainstorming and coming up with really creative ideas which is one of the reasons I love listening to the Bridechiller podcast. And I would love to hear some things that you might come up with. Thank you very much for the podcast. 
I absolutely love it. Love listening to you. You're creative and funny and you really helped me in my planning process. Thanks again and happy days. Let's all just take a minute, Stephanie, for me to say Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Oh, it's like the best vocal warm-up ever. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Oh, I can't. I fucked it up. All right. Stephanie, great question. I am going to answer this question quickly because I feel like you've already answered it within your question, but I want to answer it again. I love a card. I think you should find a funky card. It sounds so funky. It sounds like a nana. You should find a stylish fabulous card, maybe on Etsy or something that is a bit different to something you would go and find in a gift store, perhaps. Or maybe you've got a really funky gift store near you. But I think the idea if you send a card and maybe a letter, it's very personal, it's inexpensive, so you're not paying a lot of postage, and it's nice. Can I ask you, you can't answer this, so I'm just rhetorically asking you, why perhaps you didn't send the proposal box to her? Would that be out of the blue because you're long distance friends? Don't know. Don't know. But unless it's really weird, I don't think there's anything wrong with sending the box to her as well. Another thought, you mentioned that you calling her would be weird. Gosh, you kids these days. In my day, we used to call people on the phone all the time and it was fine and not weird at all. But I know that some people don't have that relationship. I'm joking. I really love the phone. I love talking ofs. But this is weird, but just go with me. It's not weird. It's just a different idea. What if you recorded a video and just sent it to her? I know some people aren't comfortable in front of the camera, but it could be fun. And you could just say what you want to say. And then she gets it in an email or a WhatsApp message or whatever the fuck you want to use. And it could be a nice way to say, here, friend from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Oh, God. It's like a vocal orgasm. Would you like to be my lovely bridesmaid? You mean a lot to me, and I really want you to be there. I don't know. Was that helpful, Stephanie? Gosh, I hope so. Thank you for sending a voice message. Tell me how you go. Hi, Alicia. My name is Kelly. I'm from the States. I have a question. So I have been in Maid of Honor three times for my closest friends. One is my oldest friend, my twin sister, and my best friend. And now I want to have all of them as my maid of honors in matron of honors. Um, The problem that I'm running into is not a lot of people have multiple maid of honors actually having three. So I wonder if there's any ideas that you have to make each person feel unique and special on the day. I know my maid of honor doesn't want to do a speech but I know my other two will so wanting to know maybe if there's like some should do a different events or if you had any ideas or ran into a situation like this thanks I love the podcast and hope you could help Kelly I love that you're incorporating your three friends in your wedding and you are giving them equal stature I sort of feel like sometimes we get stuck in the titling of people. We give them not labels that I want to be, you know, dicky like that, but saying you're a maid of honor so they feel you have to do this stuff. I have a question. Again, I'm sorry to keep asking people who aren't there who can't answer, but this is more just for listeners as well because I feel like they might be wondering, do you have bridesmaids as well as the maid of honors? Don't know because then my answer might change a little bit. If you're three main gals are your team, then they've just got the same gig, haven't they? They're all just not, that sounds a bit negative nearly, but they're your maid of honours. They're your bridesmaids, they're your bridal party, they're your bride crew, whatever you want to call them. Maid chillers is what I call them. 
And perhaps you've got a whole other team of bridesmaids as well, which might change the dynamic a little bit. My advice and the advice that I have written in the Maid Chiller Manual, please buy this book, it's going to help you in all of these situations, everyone listening, is that no matter what label we put on the people we're asking to help, and I say that with love, the big thing is having a discussion with them about their expectations and your expectations and saying, like you mentioned, Kelly, one of your potential maid of honours, let's just call a maid of honour one, says, not that keen on doing a speech. And you're like, great, maid of honour one. Then let's find something else for you to do. Maybe she's going to take charge in organising a pre-wedding event and the other two are going to do the speech. Or the other thing is really important to discuss with them and also to have a think about yourself is how they will interact together. I think it's really admirable that you're asking them all to do this. Usually the maid of honor is someone that sort of is the leader of the pack. And I think you just need to be careful with how you introduce this idea. Because I realize you're probably doing it so they've all got equal billing because you've done it for them. But also don't make trouble for yourself by saying, you're all the leaders. And then they get confused as to what the fuck they're supposed to be doing. That's my advice to you. I think it's just great to communicate. Maybe buy them all a copy of the Maid Chiller Manual and say, I would like you to go through this. And look at all the tasks or jobs or special things, special things we can help you with. Why am I doing this voice a lot today? It's the hangover. That you could be able to help us with slash me. And maybe it's about them divvying up the jobs and the tasks and working in an equal sort of environment. I just think you need to be prepared and avoid any confusion when it comes to who is doing what and who is ruling what school. Does that make sense? Gee, I hope so. Thank you, Kelly, and thanks for being a great friend. You sound like a really good friend, but don't be scared to let people down and don't be scared to then say, look, one is the maid of honor, the other's the bridesmaid, or you're all maid of honors. Here's what I need you to do. Don't be afraid to tell them what to do in a really nice way. Hey, Alicia. I'm not planning on keeping my wedding dress a secret from my future husband, who's an Aussie, by the way. We both think the first look photos feel a bit performative and staged, and we're going to walk down the aisle together without a bridal party anyway. But the whole surprise dress thing is something that seemingly everybody does. So I'm wondering, are we crazy for not wanting to do it? Thanks. Mystery Bride Chiller, who didn't leave her name, I think you're not crazy. You do whatever the fuck you want to do. And also, I love that you're not keeping it a secret. I don't get I mean, I, I get it, but I'm also like, whatever. I love that you're walking down the aisle together. I also love that you're bringing up this presumption and this sort of tradition, I don't want to say presumption like it's a bad thing, that we are really in this mode of going, the other person can't see what we're wearing, except the weird thing is in heterosexual relationships that a lot of the time the bride goes along and helps the groom pick his suit or whatever he's wearing and it's sort of strange because he's not coming along and helping you choose a dress. So... I sort of agree, and thanks for calling it out because it's something that's not said often enough, that, you know, yes, it's great to have the lovely moment, and I think first looks can work really well if that's something that interests you, but also I totally get that it, it it's not an experience that everyone wants to have, and I love that you're arriving together and you're having those moments. I will say, regardless of having a first look air quotes and a photographic moment, that you just take some time together before it all kicks off. 
those moments to me are the moments that you're going to remember and you'll be able to be calm and uh, or not calm. You could be hyper and excited and just bouncing off the walls. But whatever you do, make sure you really relish those moments of intimacy in the day and just remember them. Top job, top job, no pressure. Go with it, enjoy it and fuck tradition, really. Or in better way to say it is just use traditions and utilize traditions that are meaningful for you and have value and are worthy of your attention and the ones that don't you don't connect with and the new traditions like the first looks if if it's not vibing with you push it away push it away hi alicia my name's courtney i'm getting married next august I have a question about our guest list. When we initially wrote our guest list, we had just about 300 people on it, and we decided to choose a venue that only allows 200. So we were able to cut the list down to about 225, and the venue assured us that there's a percentage of people that don't usually come when you invite them. Um, so she's estimating us to be at about 175 and doesn't see a problem, but we're worried that we cut the list down so much that we only guarantee, only asked, are only going to ask our guaranteed yeses and are worried that everyone's going to show up and we're not going to have enough space. Um, this might just be me being over paranoid about our wedding but I'm wondering if you've ever encountered this or if any other bride chillas have had their full guest list attend. Um, any help is appreciated. Thanks so much. Courtney, I think looking back actually at the bride chiller community and trying to find some recent posts that have talked about this topic, I think there are lots of people that have 100% or close, like let's say 95 plus percent of invitees who have RSVP'd a big fat yes. So I think you should be really mindful of in only inviting the amount of people that you can fit into your venue, but also that you can afford to pay for when it comes to attending your wedding. Now, a couple of points to that. Destination weddings, elopements, where you're asking your guests to do something that takes a bit of a jump, those stats are different. And I totally get that if you're just asking people to drive a couple of suburbs or even within a state, you probably got a higher chance of people attending a wedding. And also, it depends on how much time you give them to RSVP. Now, it's great for venues to say, listen, heaps of people don't come. And I think every planner and venue coordinator will have some stats on the weddings that they've have come through. But really, it comes down to the people that you know that would be keen to attend, how close you are with these people and their circumstances. Because it's really easy for vendors to make these sort of rash, um, not rash, that's probably unfair, but to sort of put this stuff out there and say, well, the median amount of people that we have attended, you know, what does that mean? It could... It, it just could mean that they've picked 500 friends from their Facebook friendship list who you haven't seen in 20 years. Yeah, okay, 20% might not turn up, but the other 80% may. It's it's a little bit vague from my point of view. I could be wrong, and I'd love to hear feedback from people who've had this experience, but I always say that with the guest list, you know, you've got your A and your B list, and the A list are the people that you couldn't imagine the day happening with without 
And I am not, you know, I'm not afraid of sort of saying that if you have a B list and you aren't asking people to travel or do anything crazy or, you know, you're not having, maybe you're having a Wednesday wedding and people have to take time off work, there's a cutoff when you can send the B list out. But say your A list, I know this is controversial, some people get shitty when I talk about this, too bad, too sad. Sometimes if you give yourself enough time to send the A list out and then you get, you know, a 10% no, whatever, maybe it's less, maybe it's more, then you can hit up the B list and say, all right, we've got another 20 seats we can fill up. It's really up to you, but I do think you should look back at your guest list and really think about how many people you think will be more likely to say yes. And then also just thinking about the venue capacity, because that's another thing. Some people are like, oh, I think my venue could push an extra 30 seats when actually it's illegal for some venues to overseat because of uh, you know safety and emergency exits and seating and also just how they run their venue maybe they can't they know their kitchen can't work over capacity or they're going to let you down and things aren't going to work to the right schedule so I think you need to be mindful and really communicate with your venue manager as well about those stats but also really know who you're inviting and their likely response rate There it is, Courtney. I really hope I've helped you with that. As I said, I'm open to feedback if there are vendors listening, venue managers or other bride chillers and groom chillers who have gone through a similar situation. Leave me a voice message. I love a response. And I also love hearing from the air quotes professionals because I'm only air quoting. You're the professional. I'm air quoting me because I'm not a professional. I'm just someone that's talked about this for five years. But I'm not out in the trenches. I'm not doing this stuff all the time. And it's always great to hear from people who uh, are Ah, there will be more of the Bride Chiller podcast after this break. Chillers, if there's one thing that really floats my boat when it comes to bringing you great offers, that is finding quality items that are saving you money and also making your life easier. When it comes to your wedding jewellery, your engagement ring and your wedding rings, you want to make sure that you're investing in a piece that brings you joy when you look at your hand. And also, if you shop with our friends at Noemi, makes you feel very smug because you would have paid a smidgen of what some of the major jewellery retailers would have charged you for such a gorgeous piece. Noemi can do this because they have cut out the middleman or middle people. They create their jewellery at a fraction of traditional retail prices because they make all of their jewellery handcrafted in-house. Noemi use sustainably sourced diamonds and gold and it is completely risk-free. And when I say that, I mean that you can order any of their items and they have a guaranteed return situation happening, which means they will give you a full refund on custom designs and rings that have even been engraved. They mean service. If you are a customer in the US, shipping is overnight for free. So you can try it on and have up to 60 days to return for free with a full refund. Noemi also ship internationally for a small fee and they produce some of the most beautiful jewelry. I love my Noemi ring and I flash it around regularly and get so many positive fabulous comments about it. So what are you waiting for? Head to Hello Noemi and use the promo code BRIDECHILLER for $75 off any wedding band today. That is Hello Noemi, N-O-E-M-I-E 
bridechiller.com and use the promo code bridechiller for $75 off any wedding band today. Also, if you are wanting to drop a hint to a loved one who may be purchasing you a special piece of jewellery, don't forget that you can drop a hint on the Noemi website. All you need to do is go to the product page that you wish to share, click the drop a hint button, and then they will send your partner or your friend or your family member a fabulous little email that's a bit cheeky and cute saying, hey, this person loves this item. Maybe you could buy that for them. I love it. Hello, Noemi.com. And don't forget to use the promo code BRIDECHILLER. I mentioned feeling smug, and one way I feel smug is knowing that I am putting good stuff into my body, even when I'm slightly hungover, like today, that I know I am taking the right vitamins and supplements and protein powders to make sure I'm feeding my body all of the good nutrients it needs to be as bright, youthful, and energetic as possible. And I do this with a little bit of help from our friends at Care Of. Care-of are a wellness brand that make it super easy for you to get the right vitamins and supplements for your specific needs. If you would like a youthful glow, <laughs> why do I keep saying youthful? Because I feel old today. Maybe you want more energy or you want to sleep better. Gosh, we all want to sleep better. Or, or just something to support your immune system coming into winter or perhaps a fitness routine, you want to fuel your body, then Care Of can help you. All you need to do is log on to takecareof.com and do their super easy online quiz that will take you less than five minutes. They will ask you a number of questions about your diet, your lifestyle, your health needs. Then they will give you a research-backed recommendation with all the vitamins and supplements and protein powders you need based on your results. There is no standing in pharmacies or drugstores where you are trying to go through all of the vitamins and figuring out what you need. Care of, do that all for you. With the results come Care of's recommendation and all you need to do is hit order and then Care of make up these gorgeous little vitamin packs for you to take every day. Each pack is labeled with your name so you're not going to take someone else's vitamins and because Care of cares about the environment all of their packaging is environmentally friendly and can be added to the compost. Boomski, so you're doing that good stuff for your body and for the environment you cannot lose. For 25% off your first Care Of order, all you need to do is go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code BRIDECHILLER. That is TakeCareOf and enter the promo code BRIDECHILLER. Well then, welcome back. Well then, what does that mean? Welcome back to the Bride Chiller podcast. I want to take a minute to thank everyone who has invested in the Bride Chiller guides. We produce our very own wedding planning guide. They are hardback, they are sexy, they aren't too heavy, but you can bash them around and they really last well. They're colorful, they're fun, they're inclusive, and uh, we are really grateful for everyone who has jumped in and purchased a Bride Chiller guide. If you go to bridechillerstore.com, we ship worldwide. You can check out all of our wares. And Rich and I are really grateful for all your amazing reviews and feedback. Every time we get one, we do a little high five and we're so excited. So thank you very much. And really, you know, if you aren't, if you aren't into the mainstream wedding planning guides, these are the guides for you. No cookie cutter shit, no telling you to be perfect or planning the best day of your life. It's all about 
just empowering you to make decisions that are right for you and then also just giving you a clear timeline and a pathway to get stuff done because really wed stress happens when you're confused, you're overwhelmed, you've got too much shit coming at you at once. So really the Bride Chiller Guides are all about saying let's get organized, let's get on top of all this shit and let's have a nice time. There it is. The knot doesn't bring you that. Oh, I never mentioned my competitors, but their guide, mm, it's not the best. Anyway, my opinion, moving on. Who's next? Hey, Alicia, it's Kristen from East Tennessee over here in the States. I got engaged in July and I'm getting married to my wonderful fiance, Weston, on May 2nd, 2020. We've been dating for about three and a half years. And I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning of this year. And then since we got engaged, I listen to it like all day, every day. Um, My question is about dealing with parents, step-parents, divorce, all of that lovely situation. So Weston and I, both of our parents are divorced. Um, And then... All of our parents are remarried except for his mom. So I've got a dad, stepmom, mom, stepdad, and he has a dad and a stepmom and a mom. So anyways, my dad and stepmom are paying for most of the wedding. My mom and stepdad are contributing just a little bit. Um, And then Weston's side, they're doing like rehearsal dinner and that sort of stuff, just like the typical stuff. So anyways, our question is, How do we deal with having seven parents at the wedding? I'm confused about the processional, like who walks in with who, who will sit with who, who should give me away at the altar. Um, You know, what sort of, what sort of things do we need to do during the reception? Like father and daughter dance. Like does my stepdad need to be included? Mother, son dance, toast. Uh, There's just so many things that seems like it was designed for you know, people that have parents that are all together and happy and stuff. And I mean, our parents are fine to be in the same room, but they're not buddies or anything like that. (laughs) But yeah, that's our main question is just how do we deal with seven different parents to please? Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much. Kristen, you, you have you have done something that I have never had before, and that is seven parents coming to a wedding. I mean, that is extraordinary and also complicated and also challenging. But you seem very level-headed. It sounds like, I mean, they're probably not all best friends, but it sounds like there's not too much ill will there. Maybe there is. You haven't mentioned it. But I'm hoping that they will all behave like adults, whatever that means in this current time in our world and actually be good to each other and be mindful of each other's feelings uh, and your feelings more importantly. I think because this is quite a unique situation and the idea that they're all going to be there, I'm assuming you're probably not going to sit them all at the same table. The parent table would be funny. It really would. They can all air their grievances quite. They wouldn't do that because that wouldn't be allowed. They can all sit there and say, when I was married to uh, John, he liked this. Does he still like this? That would be weird. Don't do that. I do think you need to look at the day, not feel obligation when it comes to having to appease all of these people. And that's just a general bit of advice for everyone, really. If your dad walking you down the aisle is something you want to do, 
But then your stepdad's also really important to you. Then perhaps you could do a father-daughter dance where, you know, this has been done before and it always goes viral that dad hands you off to the stepdad, hands you off. That sounds so patriarchal. Didn't mean it to sound like that. But you're dancing and then you do a twirl and you dance with stepdad. Maybe that floats your boat. Don't know. I also think you don't need to be including them all with a special job or task. Just being there to witness and be a part of it is really special and I think it's really nice that you know they've all found love again (laughs) most of them and they're all going to be there to celebrate with you I feel like you're the ultimate bride chiller because really you are trying to navigate something that's not written about in wedding magazines and blogs that often that you're trying to coordinate all of these step family situations and I think there's no right answer to this I think you need to really feel it out without saying gross and just figuring out who gets along with who what your feelings about them all are. I, You know, you didn't say if you like all these people or not. I know we're all connected to our parents and a lot of the time you just put up with stuff because that's what you do. But also if, if there's a step, I don't want to say this being mean, but if there's, you know, a step family member that you're just like, oh, she's not that crash hot, I don't love her that much, then don't give her a big job just because you feel like you have to. If there are any other couples listening that have had a similar situation, obviously love to hear your feedback. I think it's just about navigating and figuring out what you're comfortable with and then giving them instructions. I don't think you should feel dictated to. I think regardless of who's paying for what, it's about you planning a day and together and a day that you will enjoy and without feeling like, oh, I haven't given you enough stage time, so you should have some more stage time. We'll bring you together. That's going to complicate things, and I just think it's unnecessary. And this goes for everyone. Whether you've got seven parents coming or two or one or none, you just need to do what makes you happy and be honest and have good conversations with them. Tell them how you feel, and if they're going to be dicks about it, then that's their problem, not yours. Just be calm, be kind, and be communicative. Well done. That's a big fucking battle, a big effort, and you seem really cool about it. I'm delighted. You're a bride chiller. Hashtag fucking legend. Right. Well, to be honest, I had about 17 other voice messages I'm trying to include in this episode, and it didn't happen. We've hit the half an hour mark. I don't want to make everyone crazy. We've all got places to go, people to see, congressional hearings to stream. There are things to do. So I really hope if you have a wedding planning question, you will send it to me. I promise I do my best to get through as many as I can. I'm going to catch up. I know I've got a bit of a backlog. I do this occasionally where I'm like, you know what, for the next couple of weeks, we'll just do Q&A. I want to serve. I'm here to serve. So if you have a very last minute question that you feel like needs to be answered, make sure you put that in your message because I listen to them and I try and distribute evenly. I'm just the mother of bride chillers. That was weird. Feeling less hungover now. Thanks for that. Going to go have some lunch. Feel better about myself. And um, promise that I won't be mixing drinks again, although we're expected to go out to a social occasion tonight, so it's probably going to happen. There's the sigh. I love you all. You're fantastic. Thank you for your support. Thank you for spreading the bride chiller word. We're a really great team. And of course, if you are not a member of the Bride Chiller community, our Facebook group, then I encourage you to join. It's a good place to be. It's full of nice people. We try and keep it an asshole-free zone, which is challenging sometimes because a lot of people are assholes, but we like to try and deflect their assholeness and kick them out if they're jerks. But really, it's a good group of people. 
So if you are looking for that, just search on uh, Facebook, Bride Chiller Community, it'll pop up. And Secret Squirrel, do answer the three questions. Just don't answer one because I won't let you in. This is how we get rid of trolls. So there are three very simple questions. It's like, are you getting married? What do you do? Or maybe you're a wedding vendor. Tell me, uh, are you inclusive, positive, inclusive person? Are you LGBTQ friendly person? You're not a dick? Great. Yes, I am in. And then I say, what's Alicia's favorite bucket? Well, hilariously, this is a drop down situation. And (laughs) one of them's like the barrel bucket, the wedding bucket, the fuck it bucket, which of course is the answer. I still let you in if you say barrel because it's funny. But also I think you've got a lot to learn about the bride chiller ethos if you think I've got something called the barrel bucket. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next week, I bid you all happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.